We've got a code. Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the Volleypod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good morning and welcome to the Volleypod. How are you today, Todd? Rise and shine, Davis. <laughs> Rise and shine. It's all good. We're uh, we're back in the pod cave and fired up to uh, talk some volleyball with you. Absolutely. Doesn't get any better. Does not get any better. Doesn't get any better. Yep. I'm walking a little bit. I have my I know Achilles. When does when do you lose the scooter? I lose the scooter in about two weeks. Okay, so two so more weeks with the scooter, is. and then you're you're free man. I'm a free man. Yes, <laughs> I can kind of walk around now, so things are life is good. Life is good. All right, chasing kids around the gym now. Chasing kids around, <laughs> chasing my baby around. She's all over it, man. So, anyways, I think cool. I'm on the skill. You're on today. the skill. What do we have? Okay, so this is a coaching skill, and today we're going to talk about using simple rules to get better faster. Oh, Davis. I love this. I love this. My <laughs> players will look at it, you know, he really loves that too much. He loves rules yes, too much. I love this one too. And to me, you know, I wanted to talk about this because to me, this is one of the most bang for your buck coaching strategies that you can employ. Like if you could do reps or you could play, but if you use this rules method of combining kind of shaping how they play with play, uh, I've seen a lot of great results. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's the CLA stuff, the constraints led yes. approach stuff. So you're trying to get them to play, but they have to be changing behaviors and getting better. So exactly. you can't just roll out the balls on them play. Right. Uh, and we don't want these just tons of just block reps, mindless block reps. Yep. So play with some rules. Exactly. Okay. And then we'll I like find it. That we'll find that they're moving towards playing the way we kind of want them to play. Right. Yep. So. Um, and the other thing is players love playing and they, yep. and they will adapt. And one of the ways I thought of this is, um, I don't even know if this is true, but there was a story of a team that played volleyball in a house and just like a normal house. And so the, the ceilings weren't very high at all. They were like, you know, nine feet, I think something like that. And so all their digs had to be super low and they developed this great touch at doing this. Right. And so, I guess if we put them in their constraints, they will adapt to the constraints, especially if we're consistent enough with it and they'll play in that particular way. Yeah, being consistent. Right, so I'm gonna start with the four sort of big ideas. Okay, so in constraints-led approach, you want to shape the skill, shape the court, shape the game essentially for them. If you can do those three things, you are going to get really, great benefits. So, okay. so here's the example of shaping the skill. So shaping the skill is using a cue that you would use in rep training. And yet they have to do that in a play scenario. So you probably do have to do some rep, or at least they need to be familiar enough with the concept or whatever. They you're have to do, to do it. Yeah, yes. I don't think we get, 
necessarily yeah. have to do rap, but they, they need to be able to do the thing. They need to be their... able to do it and understand the language of whatever your whatever cue you are so they can do it. Exactly. And you want the cue to be short and simple. You want it to be loaded and chunked. Loaded means it is full of information, even though it's a very short. You have an example? So, yeah. So, um, arm up. <laughs> to me, um, arm up is there's so many things that that go into that but can you have your arm prepped before like this is for a middle attack right okay can you have your arm up before your feet are off the ground and can you can you start your arm just as the setter's touching the ball okay so all of that is just in in arm up this arm up okay right? and so um that's the example of it being chunked so a bunch of stuff that maybe you've talked about earlier combines and is loaded and chunked into this one cue Right. And it's a helpful cue that can lead them right into something that they can actually do that's going to help their performance get better. And the reason I bring that up is there are a lot of cues that will deter a, an athlete from be, a particular behavior. Right. So you can definitely overcoach. Right. So you want it to be something that they can pretty much do independently with a few reminders from you. Okay. So um, we're finding that in science, we're finding that the, Though there are many factors, the amount of cueing and feedback that a players get is really, it really matters on how much better they get. If they're advanced, they may not need you to say, but behind the ball every time, even if that's the rule, right. right? But if they're beginners, they may need you to say it and then give them feedback on it every single time. Yeah. And hey, we scoring, you know, scoring mechanisms that reward that. Absolutely. Or a nice, easy way as I have you to every time you get your butt behind the ball, we're adding a point to your score. Yep. Really, real simple. Or every time, hey, middle has her arm up when the ball's in the setter's hands, whether she gets set or not, hey, point. Exactly. And so, the, the worst is the opposite of that, where you don't let them play. So you stop it, right? And so, right. oh, your butt wasn't behind the ball. This is once they're starting to get pretty good at it, right? You say, oh, your butt wasn't behind the ball. Uh, dead ball. We can't ball. play. We can't play. Point goes the other way. Ooh, or that's, the other that's, team that's, that's nasty. They don't like that. That's nasty. <laughs> but hey, you're in the behavior changing business. Exactly. And I wouldn't do that that negative reinforcement method unless I had positively enforced it, you know, prior. Right. right? But uh, that's a definitely one way to do it. So an example would be hold your platform angle before, during, and after contact. Right. And we would just say hold. I wouldn't okay. say you know, on that one, you held your platform really good. And you right, right. before doing it, I would just say hold. And if they did it, great point. Yeah. And if not, then, you know, maybe not even a thumbs down. I might not yep. just even say yep. anything. Um, turn and run and transition, right? Yep. These are example of technique things that where you can shape the skill and it'd be like, turn and run. That's it. You know, um, prepare your arm before your feet are off the ground. Talked about that. The second one is shaping the court. So either physically with cones or like visually slash kind of, kinesthetically where they're like having to hit the ball to a certain place or hit it through a certain place. Um, when you shape the court, it makes them have to have more refined skill, right? If you're just like in the court, uh, it, there's lots of different ways yep. to get it in the court. So I might say something like you have to hit cross court or you must serve to the outside hitter in position five, or you must serve below this court, right? Or below and above, right? So just shaping the court is going to give them much more precision and I think it's really easy to do, right? And um, so, I'll throw another one yeah, out there please. with you. I think all of our tooling the block is part of that too. Absolutely, absolutely. Because that opens up the court a lot when you're not afraid of the block. 
Great that point. opens up your range of attacking way more because you see a lot of kids think, oh, I have to hit away from the block all the time. Yep. And so that's a huge one. I and love that. I know yeah. you love that yeah, because I stole sure. a bunch of stuff from you about. Yeah, but I, I think that's a great point, right? So, and can you set up some stuff so that they can visually see it, right? So one of the problems we have with the block is it kind of, it tends to develop late and they don't, they don't see it as much. So it's like, maybe you put some highlighter color, you know, um, socks on their hands when they go to block and that's shaping the court, right? It's just giving them something visual or tactile that they can, they can work against, yep. right? I love it. And then my favorite one is shaping the game, right? So what I mean by this is it's super fun to give them one or two or three rules and see how your players adapt and improve, right? So I love uh, just seeing their minds work when you tell them just one rule and then that's the game and they can play within those confines, confines right? So for example, um, and we've been doing this one a lot in my gym lately, it's you have to hit hard or the point is over, right? You, the point automatically goes the other way. And what do you call that one? You have a name for it, I thought. Yeah, I don't. I it's forget. like blast a ball yeah. or something. Like yes. There's some name you had. Yeah. I forgot. I don't know either. But I, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, if they don't hammer, and a lot of times the hitter will be like, "Well, I couldn't have hit that," and like, that's the whole point, right? We need the ball control to be there so that we can hit, and then it expands their range. I mean, there's so many good things with having them have to hit the ball, you know, hard. Um, we also been loving this one. Like, you can only score with a quick kill from your middles and plus three for transition. So we, we just set left side entirely too much. Um, so we're trying to get the middles involved a lot more and they have to be available. So if they know they're gonna get set, they tend to approach a lot harder, yep. right? And so we, we gotta convince them that they're gonna get the ball. Yeah, we try to play that almost every, you know, I'm a big middle attack yes. guy. So we play, uh, you know, deep court with a setter in the middle and we don't let the, the back row attackers jump. And so you can either, you know, if either front row setter, back row setter. A lot of times we'll have a front row setter and sometimes we let her dump. Sometimes we don't. Okay. Uh, but it's, hey, you got to set the middle. I like it's the only it. way you can score. Figure it out. I really like that. So lately, the way we've been doing it is if you win, you get to you get a chance to stop their outside and with two up. So you get to set your block and then you have to score with the middle in transition. Oh. It's so not easy. It's not easy, um, but it's really realistic because, like, that's probably one of the best scenarios we're going to be in is when they're out of system setting their left. If right. they're in system, we are just having a much harder time, yep. obviously. Um, so uh, a couple ones that we've been doing uh, lately in my gym is, uh, well, we in an attempt to balance out our offense, we said we need to run either the quick or the big. In, and we just do it off of service Eve. If okay. you don't run quick or big, and we we think you can outlet to the big when it's not a perfect pass, and when it's a perfect pass, you're going to run, or it's close to a perfect pass, we're going to run quick. So we like that one, and we've been getting a lot more offense out of that one. And then uh, every time you get an underhand free ball, you have to run a combination of run a crossing pattern. Okay. And uh, we've been getting better at that. And literally for us, it's just running one maybe a, a game. And uh, it opens us up on the pins, yeah. right? So uh, that, and then uh, there's just so many others you can do. You got to have two people hitting quick. You have to have two up. I mean, there's just so many different rules that you can just apply really easily and see what your team does. 
you got one? Yeah, I think the other thing that I'm I'm looking at in this same uh, idea of shaping the game is, you know, we we go to offense a lot on this, right? Oh, we got to do this on this, we got to do this on this, we got to do this, this. What about all the defensive scenarios? It's a great point. And so I like setting up and going, okay, what are the defensive scenarios that are hurting us? And I'll tell you another thing, it gets me back to the Japanese thing. Okay. Every time that our middle serve for the libero, their outsides would hit sharp. Yeah, every single time. Interesting. Every single time. That's smart. That's so, so smart. So playing in that scenario, right? Just playing a game, a whole like set. Let's say you play a game to 15 with your middle As the serving or yes. all your middles just kind of right. going through and serving yeah. and playing left back defense. And then your setter and your middles and your outsides are working on, you're yeah, working you on two ball. things at once. So like that. that would be one thing. That's cool. Uh, you know, the row two, uh, you know, serving to pin the, the middle and exactly. then loading up on the left or seeing, hey, how can we uh, affect this both offensively and defensively and trying to get more bang for my buck by yeah. having rules that, that I'm able to work on both sides of the ball. I like that. I like that a lot. That's really cool. Uh, in the video section, I'll talk about a couple of videos that are on the AOC website that have like one or two rules only, and they're just fantastic games. So uh, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But it's on cool. to you for the scenario. This one is a little bit uh, off the off uh, off the grid a little bit. But I like this and one. And this is one thing that I've been doing for some years and playing around with it. And I think I'm, as I get older, and I'm, it's something I want to try to push a little bit in my uh, You're more golden years. You're more idealistic yep. at this point in time. Uh, yeah. Should I encourage my team to call their own touches off the block? And we've been doing that in our high school, and we talked to the kids about it. And I'm going to actually send a proposal and try to have our league do it. So cool. Yes. Uh, and I'll get into reasons. Number one, calling touches is an opportunity to demonstrate character. And it makes our priority as coaches and players, priority as athletes clear for everyone to see. Simply put, developing character in our athletes is more important than winning. I like it. And it's just simple. Yes. Simple. Uh, Secondly, all of our schools, and I'm really getting into this as a high school coach, all of our schools have a character develop component in their mission statements. Uh, here's mine at my school, at the Bishop's School. Bishop's is an Episcopal school that nurtures students of intellect and character to think independently, learn collaboratively, grow their sense of self, and act with greater purpose. Secondly, integrity. We commit to self-examination, honest reflection. Our moral compass informs our thoughts, words, actions, and bring forth and brings forth our best selves. Nice, nice. So, it's hard for me to think that when somebody has a micro touch to shake your hands and say no, 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 I have a tough time with reconciling that with the mission statement of my school. I can see that. I can see that for sure. Next, you know, parents, you know, we've talked about parents as fans and fanatics and getting too into it. And is this a good reminder to parents of what the priorities are? That's a good point. 
And is it good for them to see us saying, wait a minute, I know you want to win. And I know you're yelling at the refs or the kids to keep score or the refs that this call's wrong. Hey, we're calling our own touches because it's the right thing to do. And we're going to win some and lose some and you'll be okay. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that for sure. Uh, next, we call nets in practice. You call nets in practice? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, you call touches in practice? Yes, we do. Okay. Because we want to honor the tooling abilities of our attackers because we're yes. trying to do that. Right. And so um, it's cool to spread that honor to other kids in, in our league that are doing the same thing. Good point. That's They're good trying point. too. They're trying yeah. just like our kids are. That's a good point. Okay. Uh, and then I get into, hey, we have kind of a cool group of coaches in our league. So, um, you know, some of them, and they're just great people. And oh, yeah. then, hey, to try to do something a little different with our coaches would be cool. I think it's really awesome. Now, there are common objections. We got to talk about some of those. We pay refs to make the calls. <laughs> yeah. And my argument to that is we do pay refs to make the calls but the touch calls aren't made by our paid officials they're made by our freshmen and jv players yes and so we're asking these kids who are our own kids our and own often schools, our least experienced least experienced to make the toughest call in volleyball right. that at the professional level they're using high-speed cameras and they can still not even tell half the time That's a good point Really and so point. we're asking these kids to do something that is is super difficult right okay the down refs watching the net the down ref shouldn't be watching touches at all right. and if it's away from the up ref so all mm -hmm. of a sudden you know after every you know close one what does everybody do both teams stare down some 13 year old kid <laughs> on the line they don't want to do it ever they're again. doing yeah. you know this no 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 or touch 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 and, and it's just it's just we shouldn't be putting kids in that situation no, none of us want to be in that situation. That's a good, really and good to put other kids in there. Uh, one of the other objections, if we call touches, that will open up a huge can of worms, including net calls, balls out of bounds. Oh, should we call everything else? Should we call our nets? And I would argue that touches are different. We have a ref there to call the nets. It's just watching that. And sometimes the ball hits the net and hits your hand. You don't know if you net or not. Right. Is that a net or did right. the ball hit the net? That's for the ref to call. There's, there is a bunch of gray area there. And so we don't need to deal with that. Right. But we can deal with the one thing that, hey, if the ball hits your finger and you feel it, right. you call, and it was it called, call the touch. Right. Take the pressure off of the lines person. I like it. Uh, and then, you know, for balls that are in or out, those things are... I mean, hey, there's a ref up above that has a look. When when I ref, I have a pretty good idea if the ball's in or out. Right. Okay. If I especially at lower level volleyball, you know, when the ball starts moving faster, it's a little tougher. But for most balls, I have a pretty good idea. Uh, the third one, you'll like this one. If my players call touches, but those cheaters from bishops don't call their touches, my team is at a competitive disadvantage. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> so this, there's a chance that that can happen. Yeah. But hey, that is the honor code that we're asking the kids to right. abide by. And the fact that if we don't trust our kids to have integrity, what, what are we, we have, doing as yeah, teachers? That's a great point. We have to give them opportunities. Uh, next one. 
calling touches is disrespectful to the refs. And uh, we've had refs overrule our own touches. You were there that that one that that you saw. But usually the refs are, uh, they look at it and say, hey, yeah, this is a good idea. I'd much rather have the player do it than look at some 13-year-old kid on the end line who's looking around like they want to be any place but there. Right. 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 So uh, lastly, no one else does it. And I think that, uh, hey, we just got back from Japan. And we had this friendship tourney and both teams called their touches. And it was great. We had a kid refing, and uh, the refing was great. Right. And people are calling their touches. There's this idea that fair play is important. Why shouldn't we be teaching that in our schools? Right. And hey, we have these schools and all the schools in our league have mission statements that are you know, similar to ours. And if we're really doing our job, we should be teaching that. I think this is a really good point. So I got one more to add. Oh, I like it. So who knows better than if the ball was touched besides the players? Like I've seen many times where they legitimately did not touch it and touches are called on them. Right. So, and that doesn't mean that this won't happen, but I just mean the players know when they touch the ball, the ref, can see the action, they can hear the sound, yep. right? The, the lines people can maybe see the change of direction or whatever, but the players really know, especially on those micro touches. Well, would calls be better? Because right. they're not making calls. And now after every play, we don't have both teams yelling at the lines touch, person touch, looking at touch, right. touch. It's either, yep, yep, or no, right. I didn't touch it. And we move on. Right, I like We it. move on. I really and I think, it. yeah, we so maybe the calls are better because of it yeah, rather maybe. than worse. Right. I love it. I think it's a great idea. I mean, you know, I've been for, I've been for this. And I mean, I think it's a great idea. So I'm really interested to see what you guys do. With see that. if we can if I can Get if I can make it yes. happen. I'll send an email. I'll send an email. OK, I'm like, hey, Davis yeah. is supporting this. That's right. <laughs> I have this, right on. It's, it's Volleypod endorsed. That's right. Yes. <laughs> so we are on to the videos. Cool. Okay, so I got a couple um, that I'm going to talk about real quick. Um, these are videos that are um Two of them are on the Art of Coaching Volleyball's website, so you can see those um, there. Um, and one is a game that we've just talked about. There's no video right now, but I'd love to get one um, on up on our Insta or something like that. But these are rules that have very simple rules, but they are profoundly shaping games. Okay. So the first is um, a drill or game called hand-to-hand combat. And I love this one because there's one rule. And the rule is, if you dig overhand, you can spike. If you do not dig overhand, you have to send an f- underhand free ball somewhere. I love it because it basically you get a ton of overhand reps, but really the volleyball intelligence kicks up a ton, right? Because they are having to make choices on every touch on what to do, right? Because if the first one wasn't overhanded, then the second one's got to be probably set deeper, and then the third one's got to be bumped over. So every touch is something good is happening volleyball intelligence wise um, just because of this one rule. I love love it. it. Uh, The next one is the one that's not on uh, art of coaching volleyball, but it's a game that both you and I love called blocky ball. Okay. And it's really got one rule and maybe two rules. If your team evolves, the first rule is the point starts when the ball hits the block. Simple, right? And you get a bunch of interactions between the attacker and the blocker and that's why I love it. We don't want to fear the block. There's a bunch of things that you can get out of it. But if they're smart, what will they do? What what would they do, Todd? You know this. If they were, if they were super smart and they're the defensive team, 
the ball starts when the ball when the ball hits the block. The point starts when the ball hits the block. What would they do? They would just not block, right? And I had a team try to do that, and they're like, "Hey, that's not fair. How are we ever going to start the point? We're right. never going to tool you." Right. So the make you have to make the game fair. If they get that far, you know, hopefully they do get that far. You say you must jump and block if the attacker jumps to attack. Yep, I Simple. think I think that's I yeah. Right. Simple, but I love it because it's so it's so clean. Just two simple rules. Right. Yep. And then the third one is a game called Kamikaze that you are big on. And they have a video with um, JJ from Utah uh, working with Beth Lanier on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website. And again, this one's really simple. The back row must set. If the front row sets, then your team must underhand free ball the ball over the net. I love it. One or two simple rules. And what you get is ton of uh, out of system setting you get the front row running away from the set that way they can prepare to hit there's just so many cool things that happen with this you can play one-on-one you can send both blockers i mean there's just a bunch of great stuff that happens with this so um we, we even say stuff like maybe you got to hammer the ball for it to be a point stuff like that um but again you can take these drills with simple rules and expand them out I love it. These will be open. Good stuff. Art of Coaching Volleyball. So I love it. we're on to the resource. What do we got the for the resource? resource we're today? going back to the AOC website Sweet. for the resource. And so I went hunting on the AOC website okay. and got, you know, into the uh, down and dirty, into the caverns of the catacombs. AOC site, yes. catacombs. And uh, I found game practice worksheets and printables handouts. Okay. Stuff I really Sweet. don't look at normally. Okay. And so I found some fun stuff in there. The first thing is the, I think you pronounce it Jaring. It's B-J-E-R-R-I-N-G tournament. And those are all the two-on-two, three-on-three tournaments with your players playing with uh, all of their teammates yes. and this rotating tournament of doubles and triples. And all of those Printouts. The PDF is there for all of the matchups to number your players one through, you know, twelve or thirteen or fourteen, and then plug them into these games, and then record the results. I love that. And Emily Heiza, oh, was at Colorado State. She uh, explains it all, and they provide the framework for that. So just the stuff that I find on this website that I've heard, I'm like, oh, this is great stuff, and. I would go back and do it myself and take hours to That's do it when I can go on the site yes. and it takes me two minutes to print it out and go, oh, look at what I have for practice and yes. look at how prepared I am. Totally. You know? I would say check on the site before you write up anything because <laughs> they probably got it. They have it. It's and amazing. then another one is, uh, you know, warm up stuff we're always looking for. And this is 20 dynamic volleyball exercises. And this is uh, Mary Zydek. Okay. Yep. Uh, used to and, be at USD. Yep. Used yeah. to be at USD and is now, uh, where is she? She's in the Midwest, in the Midwest somewhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can't remember. She's a head coach um, now. Head I coach. Yeah, yeah. She's doing awesome. Uh, and she has uh, just cool warm up, but have 20 exercises for warm up with a little video for each. I love that. And there are just so many the, the printables. They have all kinds of scouting sheets on there with, you know, if you're drawing rotations, I'm a guy that. You know, when I have a new team, oh, I'm putting, yeah. <laughs> and so having some some great rotation sheets to to you know go through all of my wacky ideas for <laughs> rotations. Uh, there's just so much stuff on there. It's so on cool. the on the it's AOC site, you got to check resource. it out. Absolutely, we will have the videos unlocked for you on there, and 
I mean, please feel free to check out our socials at aoc.thevolleypod on Instagram and the volleypod on Twitter. And once again, thank you so much, Todd. What a great episode. Fun stuff, Davis. I enjoyed it. Fun stuff. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye.